the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yeah, well, I have decided, uh, Andrea, I'm not going to seek re-election. And, you do? And, yeah, I am uh, joining Kay and, and probably some others in, in the near future, but uh, I've decided that uh, it is time for me to do some other things. I I'm, uh, always have been disappointed with the, our inability uh, in Congress to deal with major issues, and I'm also disappointed that the Republican Party continues to uh, you know, rely on this lie that the 2020 election was stolen. Really well said. Here we go again. Good morning. I'm Peter Boyles. George about to join us. It is a Thursday, 2nd of November, 2023, 65 today, 68 Friday, Saturday, 65 and 70 degrees on Sunday. So many names are being kicked around. Please say good morning and welcome into his seat. (laughs) I don't know. This is the Brockler show. This is George Brockler. I'm Peter Boyles. We got a lot. We got an empty bunk. In the old bunkhouse today, where Deborah resigns yesterday, yeah. my boy, what's yeah. up? What do you think? First up, first Pete, thanks so much for uh, for filling in. And I like these last eighteen months, I've been sitting in your seat, so it's just weird to now be back to where we all began. <laughs> it's like, let me out of here. I'm coming back with Stefan this afternoon at four. So I'm sorry. I, <laughs> you remember that you. <laughs> oh, all right, now, let, let us begin at the beginning. Did you know that he was about to do this? No. In fact, I, I was just telling Billy off air that, you know, I was outside a Hertz rental place getting a car to drive to this, this thing in Utah where I'm at now where I'm going to do, a, I'm going to officiate a wedding later today. And uh, I get a couple texts. And it's just for, it's from political people, but political friends. And they're like, hey, man, uh, just let me know what I can do to support you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's interesting, nice. I mean, you know, I didn't think anything of it. About a minute later, I get a call from Marshall uh, Zelliger out of Channel mm-hmm. 9. Mm-hmm. Answer it. And Marshall's like, well, we're going to break some news. You know, what's the word? And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, eh, I don't know if you've heard, but Ken Buck has announced he is not running for re-election. I said, buddy, you just broke that news to me. <laughs> I had no clue. And so he said, well, what are you going to do? I said, I, listen, I'm being completely candid here. And I, I've said this to everybody at the station, too, who have asked over months. Like, I didn't believe this was real because it, with all deference and respect to Ken, who I've known for many, many, many years, this little rumor and dance has been going on every cycle for five cycles. There's always been a rumor. Ken's not going to run again. Ken's not going to run again. Ken's going to do something else. And I got my spun, myself spun up about it a couple few cycles ago. And then I thought, no, I'm not even going to really worry about it until something happens. Well, something happened. And so I told Marshall and others who have asked since, I'm like, look, I, I'll do my due diligence and I'll seriously consider it. But I am not someone who was like, I had my ducks in a row and I was ready to pop smoke and resign you know, yesterday to go. That's just not how I've conducted my life. George Brockler on the George Brockler Show, co-starring Peter Boyles on a really odd morning. <laughs> um, 
did Deborah know? Did, I mean, I, it's not a question. You, I mean, I, I'd like to talk to her, but she immediately um, resigned, which always leads me to believe that somebody knows something about something. And according to many rumors, her hat is in the ring that she's going to challenge. Um, I, I, only Deb could answer that, Pete. But well, sure. I would say that the fact that she left when she did is not telling to me of anything. Because, as I said, you know, that this rumor about Ken has been out there every two years, hmm. the last five cycles. And so I know there are other folks out there who have hmm. been laying the groundwork for this. And I know that before Ken announced uh, was out, you know, talking to folks and oh, I know. Oh, I know. talking to folks. Richard Holtorf launched an exploratory yep. committee. Yep. I had people from Douglas County talk to me about their own interests. So that doesn't, I don't think that tells me he knew. I would be disappointed if Ken went to Deb and told her and not me. No, no, I don't mean it that way. I mean that she was good to go uh, the moment that they got the news where everybody's phones blew oh, up. Yeah. That she said, okay, this is what we've been planning on. I resigned because you can't campaign and no. have a radio show. I mean, the, the, the law, we, when Tancredo did the roundtable with us at Channel 12, and he announced he had to go. And um, it is. I think folks should know, too, that the risk to the station in doing that mm. isn't that there's like a law that absolutely prohibits it, it that it's that it says, hey, 710. If you let a partisan political candidate on to do that, other than an interview capacity to host mm. a show, you just have to give equal time to someone else. Mm. You know, to you have to to the other candidates. And I think the risk there is if you're seven ten, you're like, why would I ever take that risk? Well, what's it, you know what I mean? Yeah, what's interesting to me, I talked to a thousand people. We both know that it, this is sort of like the epicenter right now. Uh, once again, seven ten Kane US leading the league, but two of our guys, you and Deborah, and then. Buck, who has had this interesting relationship with talk radio in general, and uh, so I, again, I look and, and at you got Randy, Randy's the national commitment for the state of Colorado for the Republican Party. So you're right when you say, "Hey, there are folks at this station who are involved in you know, these really relevant discussions." And you're right, seven ten. There's no other station out there like this, probably in America. That's my guess. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Buck announces, and he says he's sick of the GOP lying. Could conceivably someone who wants to run for that seat, must they say the election was stolen from, from uh, Donald Trump? I hope not. Oh, uh, come on. Listen, I think... Yes, they can win it, but here's the here's the bigger issue. Your question is super relevant to the primary, not to the general, and it's almost in reverse in general. The question is, can you become the Republican nominee and not think and not say that the election is stolen? And then the reverse would be true, I think, potentially in a general, although the numbers are so favorable for Republicans, it's such a safe seat. It's that how effective can you be and can you get elected if you announce for the general election that, yeah, I'm an election denier. I think Joe Biden is the legitimate president and that we've been living a lie for the last four years. I mean, you know, God save Queen. I, I don't mm. I don't think that last part keeps you from getting elected, but I think it makes you a less relevant player beyond just the fourth CD. I agree. And that makes, 
you know, when with and I like Dave Williams, but that the Dave Williams part of the party would would guillotine you if you would do that. And so one of the things that I mean, Buck's saying that I've had problems with Buck. But when Buck comes out and tells that's this moment of truth uh, that the Republicans are lying to America, I thought, wow, way to way to go, Ken Buck. But now whoever replaces Ken Buck or runs for that job, can they say the things that against what Ken Buck said? In other words, George Brockler, Peter Boyles together again. So can you go up there and run for that seat and say, no, no, Donald Trump really won uh, all the different things that Buck laid out about January 6th and about uh, the weaponizing of the Justice Department, all those things. He's telling the truth. But your thoughts? Well, can you play a role in House leadership down the road? Like your first term as a member of the House, hmm. I don't know what the potential is for, for you to do anything. There. But when you get to be in Ken's position and you're becoming a more senior representative, hmm. you're at fifth and sixth terms, you're looking at things like chairmanships of subcommittees mm-hmm. or committees. And the question is, with the current leadership, would you, could you ever make it into that position right. if you don't toe the line that, hey, the, the election was stolen? And I think Ken probably found out, no, you can't do that, amongst other things. But, but he, I think in part, it's like, we're not going to put you in there because you don't sing the song. He did those interesting things. He helped block Jim Jordan from winning the speakership. He had voted against Kevin McCarthy. And and I, if you compare and contrast him to Lauren Boebert, you would think that she would vote like he did. He would vote like she did. It was the other way around. And then he goes back and he supports the new guy who is an election denier. So I'm thinking, what, Ken Buck, what's going on with you? But then he comes down to this moment. And um, uh, by the way, uh, Kay Granger was the chair of the House of Procreations said that she would be leaving Congress. And maybe rationale goes out the window with all of it. But the next question is, <laughs> when, I mean, I, I actually thought, because uh, someone said, hey, George is going on the Capitalist show. And I thought, oh, man, <laughs> you know, tune in um, and see if you're well, going to jump the shark. There's no chance. I ever announce I'm running for office on air like that. I mean, <laughs> That's what I, I thought. That. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, Dan's been a buddy of yours and mine oh, for forever. a long time. Hell, I, wor- I worked for Dan 17 yeah, no, years ago. He I taught know. me how to try civil cases. Yeah, I know. Um, when, uh, when Dan reached out and said, hey, man, I have a conversation about the CD4 thing, and I was prepared to tell him largely what I told Marshall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, of course I'm going to consider it, and I'm flattered that my name would be floated out there, but I've made no decision. That may have turned out to have been just too much of a knee-jerk reaction based on the fact that I'm a big fan of Dan's, and we're friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so when, when Kelly reached out and was like, dude, are you going to go on Capitalist? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, but it's to just talk. He goes, um, and I go, okay. And he goes, when- you know, I have the conversation with Kelly that we have. And then uh, I thought, well, man, why didn't Stefan call? Because <laughs> you know, call to say he's hey, good. He's saying goodbye. I'm a farewell tour. Yeah, yeah well, he's he, saying goodbye he, since 2021. But yeah. um, <laughs> n- nonetheless, <laughs> that that's I didn't end up going on Dan oh. Show. I text him like, I'm sorry, I just got out over my skis on that. But um, you know, that just for folks who are thinking about this race, I am incredibly 
ambitious. I am incredibly um, self-defined by my ability to make a positive difference in what I perceive to be public service in and out of uniform. And that's why this thing is intriguing to me. But I'm going to be very candid with everybody there. This is not obvious to me. And it's not obvious to me, not because, hey, this is a once in a decade or so opportunity to be in a super safe Republican seat. If that was my priority, then absolutely, man, I'd ditch the show and I'd go do that. But one, I love doing radio. That's great. But two, I got two kids under the roof Mm -hmm. still. Like I got a sophomore in high school and an eighth grader. And I tell you, my first thought was, am I a better dad in the swamp? than I am back here in yeah. Douglas County. That is a tough you damn know, answer. One of, one of he's grown very close to me, and I respect him so much, is DMAC. And uh, DMAC, yesterday, it was announced that he's going to Altitude Sports, which is... Oh, yeah, rough. and you know why? Because he's got these great kids and a great wife, and he's a hardworking yeah. guy. And, he, you know, you can only cowboy so long. And... Um, one of my contentions is I've always cowboyed the business. You, you know, there's no, I don't know anybody ever got a gold watch, but you're going to do that. And I thought to myself, I, I, you know, I know you got, you know, you're a family guy and you got to support everybody. I don't know. You know, you got to have, do you have to have a wallet? And uh, <laughs> you're just some old broke, old broke talk show host like the rest of us. Yeah. I'll say this. Self-funders obviously have a leg up, but I, I don't worry at all about my ability to raise money. I just there you I go. Don't, I don't right. have any. So I don't. Want, there's no deadline on this. It's a year away. Well, there is a deadline. There is a deadline. Well, I know, but still, you know, once the once the field gets firmed up and all this, and I told Kelly, I'm like, and I told Brian back when there was a Brian that I'm like, I'm never just going to show up and announce on the radio or hey, here's my last day. I don't ever want to do that to these guys. Because it puts them in a really, really challenging yeah, sure. place. Yeah. So I, I want to be deliberate about it. I want to think about it. I, mm. I can't tell you that it's going to happen. And, and you know, for folks that are following all the political stuff out there, it's not just CD4. No. There's a brand new first time since 1963 judicial district that's being created next year in January of 25, right where I live. And so I've had a lot of people approach me about that, too. And for the reasons I told you why Congress is attractive and yet still a question mark, um, and you go do something else local, you get to go home every night. You know, you no, get to no, see your listen, family every night. You, you got, there's something that historians call belly fire. You have to have belly fire to want it. The best example is, um, well, I'm trying to think who the, I mean, all of them are the best example that they have the belly fire to win at all costs because they they want to go and people have used that term many many times um do you have that you know and 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 in the ring it's called a fighting heart do you have a fighting heart if if belly fire presupposes that you're willing to sacrifice everything else in your life to accomplish that goal then i tell you right now i don't have that belly fire but if it's if I get into this race, am I in it to win? And will I out hustle everybody else out in the field? And I mean this with the greatest respect and everyone else. I don't have any questions about that. Oh, Anybody that doubts what I do, go back and look at the four way primary or assembly for uh, district attorney mm-hmm. in 2012. I, I didn't win by luck. 
And yeah. it was just a hustle. So I'm not worried about that part. But I am worried about what you said. Uh, are you willing to do anything mm-hmm. and everything? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, the, the, the congressman thing. I mean, mm-hmm. name for me who the congressman in the 4th Congressional District was 20 years ago. You know, that means nothing. Mm-hmm. What does matter is I'm only going to be a dad once here to oh, be a kid. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I could tell you I've been flawless and perfect as a family man. That no. would be a, that would just be a, an overstatement. But uh, that's the part that holds me back is what do I do when I'm gone half a month to a place where you've got this circus going on out there? Can you is the difference you're going to make out there bigger than the difference you'll make for these two boys? Mm-hmm. Your house? I don't know the answer to that yet, but I'm thinking there are. There, you know, there's bridges to cross, and you know it'll be interesting because you know I, this is me. I tend to believe you're going to run. Just you don't, you don't have to respond, but I, I tend to believe that. Um, Deborah's out there. There'll be, as you pointed out, there'll be, there'll be lines of people with their hands up, and one of the things we have seen with the Republican Party in Colorado, you can't get away with not saying, not repeating the line. I think it's one of one of Buck's points. But I tell you what, man, uh, it's you know, it's it's an interesting moment for you. It's a it's a crossroads moment because you. And this is my opinion again. You're never going to have a better opportunity, you George Brockler, uh, with an open seat, which doesn't ever happen. You know, and. Uh, I mean, well, th- this I, is, I agree with you this way. To a short scandal, whoever, whichever Republican wins this, it probably faces a primary challenger their first time out. But they're going to hold this oh, sure, end twenty sure. years, yeah, depending upon of redistricting. Co- of course, this is a generational kind of seat, and um, and and the third would have been too, by the way. Oh, yeah. But for all the stuff that has gone on with with Lauren and others, it would have been a generational seat. She's, she's, so she's you're cooked. right, Pete. Yeah, she's cooked. She's. And now when you see Bill Owens and these other stalwart Republicans come out and endorse her opponent, uh, I'm not a betting man because I always got, I always got scared money. But I tell you what, I don't think she makes the cut. I really don't. I think she, I think she wins the primary. Mm. She just has too much money, too much name. Uh, let's Clark see. Let, let's let. What did they say? What's let us go then? You and I. I I don't think she makes the cut, but that's to be seen. Um. And then, and then comes. But anyhow, this is this is if there ever is a moment for Brockler and his his political career, this is it. And it's not going to get any sweeter than this one. And wow, I mean, maybe, I, yeah, maybe, let's man. see. But then I have to then I have to give up sitting across from Billy every day. And you're doing it right now. You know how no. hard that. No, I'll tell you what, brother. <laughs> you know, it's 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 always fun to come back in here and sit down and watch it. And listen to it, and all the the blame game and everything that takes place. But that's another one, you know. And you, you're you're at a crossroads right now, my friend. You truly are. I mean, in all all kinds of different places and ways. And um, you you're you're carrying the weight of the world right now. Let's see what happens. Do not kid yourself. But, Do not. Look, this is a conversation I could really only have with you in this particular way. It just wouldn't have made sense for me to just drone on on my own show about it. I know. So thank you for giving me the chance to 
be interviewed on it because it, uh, I even know if you like this to anybody. Oh, I, I, no, I know it. I mean, I, I, t- I when you, the, when real quick, and then Billy says break. But so I, my phone blows up yesterday when all this starts, and then it starts blowing up again when it says that you're going on the Capitalist show. And, I went, <laughs> and I'm sure my daughter and I, we're doing these hyper, George, well, this is where I am. We're doing these hyperbaric treatments. We're going to talk about it this morning. And yeah. we go together and, you know, and then, so I'm in the hyperbaric chamber <laughs> and my phone will work. When I listen, I can stream capitalists and, yeah. uh, and Danny's billboarding it, you know, and, uh, I said, and I, I'm texting, I'm getting texts and phone calls, I'm in the tank. And I said, get ready, because I really honestly, I thought, was, is he, is, I thought, two you know, things. Listen, when you, when you describe it like this, Pete, yeah. all of a sudden I realized, man, was I not reading oh. the at oh. all about how any of this would oh. play? I, for Eek. me, it was, it was my friend Dan, who also advertises on the he's show. Right, no, he's my, my guy. Dan he's my guy. Wants to talk about this. And then when Kelly calls, I you know how just a nice man Kelly's just best. such a super nice the man. Best. But you can just hear it in his voice that he's like, so uh, uh. you know <laughs> what uh, what's going on? And I'm like, oh no 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 no, I'm not, dude. I wouldn't do that. Hey, <laughs> when we'll, promise me we'll go get lunch or something when you're home and everything straightens out. I had guys calling me. I think because I've got this part-time gig here, and I know you, and I feel it. And they said, he's going on capitalist. He's about to announce. I'm going, what? You know, When you describe it like that, I'm sitting there thinking, I would have concluded the same thing. Brother. You know, like. <laughs> just walks, like walks like a duck. I went, he, and I'm thinking. Right. Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, like, ooh, ooh. And everybody, and then all of a sudden, Danny, Danny says, well, George canceled. And I thought, all right, you know. And I, I wasn't even aware until actually this morning when I talked to Bill. But it was like, okay, you know. I just, whatever. I, it was yeah, a moment. I feel a bit like an idiot because stepping back from it, yep, I get it. I, I get why the 710 folks were like, what in the hell is going on? Right, let me read you a. Let me read you a text. Boyles wants his seat back, so he's trying to talk George into running. <laughs> I love Look, listeners. Anytime you want it back, no. just ask me. You can have it back. I mean, no. They, no. <laughs> I don't need to run for Congress for you to come back to no, radio. No, but I love this. Boyles wants his seat back. Trying to talk to oh, God. Oh, never mind. All right. <laughs> but opening in the afternoon, Pete, just stand. I know. There will be. Actually, the syndicated guys, I mean, which is well, three, oh. three to four. Get your foot in the door. Three to four, my friend. Get, get the Deborah show. Well, it was until yesterday. That's what I'm saying. That's what, I mean, all, every, the whole station blew up yesterday, and guy, guys are calling Overnight, me. We yeah. the only guy, you know, the only, the, only, the only person I did not talk to was, 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 was Billy, who I should have called immediately. I'm, I'm Billy, Billy texted me and said, Hey, uh, there's some people here that are a little bit exercised. Oh, so I'm like, I didn't go on capitalist. No, I, I, I got to tell you, when we'll see each other face to face, I'll tell you who called yeah. and text. It was like over the yeah, top. Yeah, please. Oh, please. guys. That I were, just feel like an idiot for never no. it that way. Just like, no, sure. Damn, yeah. I got calls from my friends in the newspaper <laughs> business. Well, you know, George, is he running? I said, you know, <laughs> yeah. I told uh, him, yeah. I, I told him, yeah. 
my goodness. Well, I'm th- a boy. thanks for having me on. Thanks it. for covering. I, if I can get the equipment to work, I'll be live from Utah there tomorrow. There you go. Otherwise, people will probably be hearing Pete Boyles. See what happens next. Thanks, George. Talk to you. Everybody. Uh, 303-696-1971. Let me see what this one says. There's some crazy stuff. Billy and I return right after this on 710 KNUS. Morning, everybody. On a Thursday, the second morning of November, Mark Crowley, Peter Boyles, Billy Thorpe together again. George, he said, if the equipment works, we'll be back tomorrow morning. Thursday morning, 65, the high, 68 on Friday, Saturday. I'm here on Saturday, the 9 o'clock show, and uh, Sunday, 70, 303-696-1971. We're talking about Ken Buck, but also, and we've had one call on it, uh, why the, this violent anti-Semitism, uh, where is it coming from? Why is it back and why is it here now? So we go to the phones. This is Frank. Frank, you waited, appreciate it. Good morning. Oh, hey, Peter. Brother. Hey, you know what I realized? This is the second of November. That always makes me nervous because, man, this is the <laughs> down the stretch to the year. But, yeah, it um, is. You're right. Yeah, it, it really is. It makes that whenever I date something with November, I get a little nervous. But yep. yeah. you know what? You know what? Uh, I think there's really two litmus tests here for that buck seat, and I and I kind of agree with you. I think the primary litmus test is going to be: Do you believe? You know, do you believe the big lie? Yeah, and and. I think unless you have a candidate, a fairly high-profile candidate like Brockler, who will shoot down the big lie, I think that uh, that litmus test is going to get you a candidate in the primary that is completely unelectable or, or potentially completely unelectable. That oh. seems a little tricky because it's pretty solid. But that's what the, um, that's what this in a, Republican in a general election. Yeah, that's what this Republican Party has done. Tina Peters, yep. I'll give you a list of these people. They are, uh, it's almost Stalinist, you know, that you can, you know, you can pass the uh, the test, but you are not the winning candidate. And they were, they will die on their sword for their beliefs in the big lie. And so, and, and George actually got a real tough go round when he supported red flagging. And when Dudley Brown and those guys came after him, I brokered, oh, yeah. a, I brokered a meeting. I brokered a meeting between them, and, and, and George stuck to red flag, and they went after him. They, they, and in some ways, that's how Wiser won. It's like going back to we talked about why is Joe Biden there because Donald Trump lost. It's a prize fight. Sometimes fighters right. win a fight, and sometimes fighters lose a fight. And I mean that figuratively, that— you know, the the Buster Douglas-Mike Tyson fight. Mike Tyson lost that fight. Buster Douglas didn't win it. Mike Tyson lost it. Here's what I think the Republicans have to think about. If they don't want to be relegated to near third-party status, is that hmm. the second litmus test, in, in my mind, and I think in a lot of voters' minds, is in after the primary, my litmus test is that does this candidate believe the big lie. And if the answer is yes, I can't vote for him because I think they lack the intellectual capacity to hold that office. I think that they, they simply and, and I think that that's how uh, non-cult Republicans think. And I think that I know that's how unaffiliated think because I'm unaffiliated. Well, 
And and if you if that's my litmus litmus test, and that's what's going to make a difference. If you if you if the Republicans want to stick by these primary litmus mm-hmm. tests of the big lie, you're putting candidates out there that are not electable, and you've got to think about that as a Republican. Oh yeah, I, I mean, mean that that's uh, how it works. Sure, and again, when I heard Buck say this yesterday, and I've had my problems with Ken Buck, I thought, wow, you. You you know you know you spoke the truth. Now see see what happens to you now. But Buck Buck has really been interesting these last couple of time periods. Uh, he helped block the um, uh, Judiciary uh, Chairman Jim Jordan from becoming the Speaker in the leadership scramble after um, after Kevin McCarthy was disp- was deposed. And Buck was also one of eight Republicans, along with the Democrats, to vote to vacate. And then he, you know, it goes to this weird stuff. And now he votes for a guy who, to become speaker, who is speaker, who's an election denier. Right. And, and I, that's, you know, I think about that. What's the, what's the old saying about if, if the road has led us to this point where we have somebody who thinks the earth was created 6,000 years ago, mm-hmm. seven days, things oh, yeah. like that. I'm with you. Then what use was the road? Because and, and so you're right. You're right to identify that uh, Buck seems to have taken a different path. But we got here one way or the other anyway. And it's a bad spot. I, I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. where <laughs> this is where you are. And so questioning whether whether or not the road made any sense for Ken Buck is almost beside the point at this point, because we are where we are. And two, it's not good. No, two things. I, I don't think there will be a Democrat replacing Ken Buck. And I don't think there'll be a Democrat replacing Lauren Boebert. The question is, will Lauren Boebert be there? And I'm really starting to believe she won't no. be. And, won't. and and Buck's not going to be there. So, But back to Brockler, this is, and I, I believe George is leaning that way, there's never going to be a better opportunity for Brockler or for Deborah or for whomever. It's an open seat in an in a almost guaranteed Republican seat. And yeah. now, now let me, I have a, I, I, should, I should have read this earlier. I have a really great friend who I will not name him, but he is one of the most wise people when it comes to politics. He sent me this last night, and I have this in here. Here it is. This is from my friend, and he said, uh, talking about my response to those who ask about Buck's decision. Quotes, it will be a bloodbath primary to replace him, a race to prove who is more Trump, who uses more hairspray than the other, who has a tanning bed in her home, and who has more cheap-ass polyester red ties than the other. This is a brutal, this guy's brilliant, <laughs> sarcastic, I love him to death, but that was his response to, uh, to, to actually the, the news being announced. I think that captures it. We'll see what happens. I, I think so. You know, I don't. I don't want to. You know, obviously, George. This is a moment where George could. I, I really hope he says and does the right and intelligent mm-hmm. thing. But it could. It could serve as a little bit of a turning point, a, a chance to kind of heal away from the cultish Trump followers a little bit. That's but what it, I think. If they this w- is an opportunity. But who else is going to win? I mean, that's therein lies the problem, George crossed the Rubicon when he said, no, the election wasn't stolen. 
and then they rained hellfire and damnation on the morning show as if it never happened before. But now I'm catching it this morning. I'm going to start to read some of these things. It's just amazing what people can do. There's one that I uh, I don't know about, and it said, dead babies. I got one. Donald Trump has zero. I'm going, well, dead babies? You know, because I was the, the court deci- the, uh, the court decision. Roe v. Wade was always going to be settled one way or the other by the court. And I had always said that. And this guy said, I don't know what he said, but final score, me and dead babies won. Uh, Donald Trump zero. I'm thinking, you really are stratospheric at that point. And but, so I, 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 I'm, I'm stuck. I really legitimately am stuck. It's uh, I, it, it was somewhat it's unexpected. Serious. Yeah. But. He you, signed, you know he, who I honestly you just identified two two obvious, you know, Republican candidates in this state that aren't going to be there. I mean, one of them for certain. The other one. Most probably. Likely. Yeah, probably. Um, and and I I keep thinking about how this is going to look, how, how like the presidential election is going to look, because we're we're closer to it than we think. Like I said, I'm dating things. You're away. So you're away. And, and uh, you know, I honestly do not think that Trump is going to be the nominee. I, I don't, think that there's too much static. And Joe and Joe Biden, I don't think either one of them. I don't think Biden no, will I be there, either. and I, I don't agree. think Donald Trump will be there. But in, in a year, the fraud case will be pretty much oh, done, I think. Big trouble. And, and that's that in the document case. The document case is practically so Re- the, Re- the fraud the, case. The Georgia yeah. Rico. The Georgia Rico is going to snag them all. But any, anyhow, you, I, yeah. Donald Trump's not going to be there. In, in my belief, neither will Joe Biden be there. Did you see Joe the other day? He said he's at the podium. He says, I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> he like, said that. Yeah, he said that. He said, "I just want to go to bed." I was Joe. I got to find that clip. Joe. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's a really good one. And we were laughing. That's probably about the it. most honest thing he said in a long time. <laughs> he, he, you know, when he, you when you look at him, I watched that thing that came up last night. Do you honestly think anybody's in there? No, I don't no. either. I don't. Th- I just don't know who the sock puppeteer is, is what it amounts to. I, I suspect it's Obama, but I don't know. But there is a sock puppeteer oh, I, somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there. I mean, it, we, we talked about Woodrow Wilson when he stroked. And, you know, his, his, what was his name? Well, my wife's name will come to me. Um, come to Wilson. Anyhow, but he, Colonel House, Edith, her name was Edith. Edith Wilson and Colonel House would go in the other room and come back with signed documents. Wow! Really? (laughs) You know, and no, serious. He was Colonel House and Edith Wilson ran the country, and you know he he didn't die in there. They eventually rented someplace, and but Woodrow Wilson, for all intents and purposes, should have been replaced, but they would not allow it to happen, and they they told somebody lies about his physicalities, you know, and he had had a right here in Pueblo, Colorado, in the back of a train. He, you know, he took major stroke and they hit him and they hit him in the oval. They hit him in the oval office. They hit him upstairs in the in the uh, executive bedroom. But they would have legislation or proposals and they'd say, wait one moment. And they'd they'd go in a room, shut the door and come back out. It was signed. Right. (laughs) And the same thing was true with with um, with Bismarck in the end. That um, yeah. and, and, and when they get like that, um, 
you know, they're putting stuff in front of him. He didn't know what it is, and and it's sad. But it, it, you know, it'd probably be good for the country. Maybe I mean, I'm just throwing it out mm-hmm. there. I think it's the 25th Amendment that, that allows you to get him out gotta, of there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and and it would be maybe good for the country if that oh. if a trial run wasn't done on, on that one way or the other, oh. because at least it forms the country up to that possibility. You can't have just empty suits as the president. I mean, it's no. not a especially it's right a now dangerous way to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, there's there, there are these theories that history takes occasionally will take a time out, like following Southeast yeah. Asia or whatever it is. It takes a time out. There ain't no time out now, and it's just this world is on a, I think, on a precipice that you and I can only not imagine in the Middle East and Ukraine, all these different crazy places, and Joe Biden's in there, you know, shoveling coal, and I'm thinking, who is telling you to do this? Because, frankly, he's not smart enough. Um, And even when the lights were on, I don't think he was ever smart enough. He was well, ha- you know, if these parties are going to be running octogenarian oh. candidates, this situation is Listen, going to arise again. I'm an, I'm an old man, you know, and I know, you know, your stroke is leaves, you know, you're, you're, you know, you just can't do it. And uh, come on, yeah. this, this guy, he is not in charge. Uh, oh. And he just kind of looks like this hapless, aimless character who... Why the Democrats cheer him on is beyond me. Billy's telling me a break is coming. Thank you, brother. Yep, yep. Thank you. All right. 303-696-1971. Ken Buck will not run for re-election, criticizing the GOP and denying the election results. Also, why has this violent anti-Semitism come from? Where is it coming from? Why is it back again? And again, there's a difference, and I try and make it that this this open hostile war between Hamas Palestinians and Israelis. Um, both are, are Semitic people, but when it rolls into U- New York City and when it's in Europe, they're anti-Semites, and people putting swastikas on walls and kids at Cornell University uh, being afraid to wear yarmulkes and this kind of stuff. That's that's 1934. That's in the Reich. Why is it back again? Your thoughts. 303-696-1971. This is 710 KHOW. What did I just say? I'm, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at my capitalist stuff here. And what the capitalist. hell did you just say? I just did KHOW. Don't I, make me come in there. No, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm reading what the stuff about Dan, and I'm looking at KL call letters. 710. Let's get out of here. Let's Something get out of here. Don't, don't make it worse. 710 KNUS. Good morning, everybody. It's a Thursday morning, 710 KNUS, Denver's talk station, Thursday morning, November 2, 2023, 303-696-1971. This is the second time this morning. Lines are wide open. Uh, The topic is Ken Buck and what happens next. And the other one is significant, this violent anti-Semitism. Where is it coming from? And now again, 65 will be the high. This is I rode my motorcycle yesterday, 65, 68 on Friday, Saturday, 65, and on Sunday, 70 degrees. The uh, local topic of the morning is Ken Buck, 
and he walks away and critiques the GOP leadership as lying to America. And it really begs every question that goes with that. Can somebody become the next Ken Buck as a Republican and not have to say the election was stolen from Donald Trump? It's called the stench of the stench of Donald Trump. And and, and again, I look at guys talking about Brockler and Deborah Flora. These are the two people I know work with them, think they're both great. I'm a Deborah Flora's husband is like <laughs> this guy, Jonathan. He's he's really the all timer. And. Um, Somebody's going to have to step in there. The other part of it is, and again, it's far far sadder, is this violent anti-Semitism. And as I was mentioning before we broke, the the war in the Middle East is Israelis, Palestinians, you know, and, and in some ways, you know, these people are genetically linked, they're Semites. Not all Israelis are Semites, but some are. And that conflict is ageless. I, I just don't think, you know, the, when people start talking about the two-state solution and all those things, I, I don't know how that ends or where that ends. But now this anti-Semitism, it's Cornell University and reading about it. I mean, it's it's absolutely, it's right out of the, Heidelberg University in 1936. Uh, Cornell has canceled its classes for tomorrow to acknowledge this campus has been under one of the most, well, accused, I guess you got to say, of what's taking place. All right, we will take a quick turn. It's Thursday morning. And then load them up again. We'll take your calls or read the wall. 710K in U.S. Denver. We're going to talk about the hyperbaric chamber in the next hour as well. Stay right here. It's a Thursday. Billy Thorpe, Peter Boyles, and Mark Crowley. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.